Baby dragon. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> uh. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we're beginning our Arena Roundup series, where we give a detailed look into the mechanics and strategies of each card within each arena. Nice. Yes. Yes, we are. But before we do all that, Roberto. Yes, sir. How'd your week go? My week, uh, my, my week's actually been pretty interesting. Um, my girlfriend and I started uh, a juice cleanse. Have you? Nice. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I have. I have. I don't really know what I'm doing. We bought a juicer. Um, so what's what's the what's the point of you doing the juice cleanse? Like, what's the reason behind it? So we wa- we watched a documentary. It was called um, I, I literally never get the name right. So when she listens to this, she's gonna make fun of me. But it's uh, uh, fat. I think it's fat, sick, and nearly dead. There's two of them. The first one is the one that we watched the whole thing of. It was pretty good. Fat, sick. And literally dead. It's it's pretty serious, and it, but it's it's also kind of uplifting at the same time. It's pretty hopeful. I don't know. It 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 gave you an inside look into like what it's like to actually juice for a little while. Sure. Um, and you don't necessarily have to do it for as long as this guy because he did it for like sixty days, which is to to me, I would just be on the floor dead. <laughs> but uh, I think my girlfriend and I are doing um, just I think a ten day juice cleanse. So essentially, all it does is it like helps clean out your entire system and does like a detox for your whole body. It resets your taste buds and um, like heightens your senses, like your smell and your hearing and all that stuff. And it gives your body a chance to like rehabilitate itself. So it's from all the processed food that we eat all the time. It's like a lot of, a lot of crap going into our bodies. Sure. No, that's pretty cool. Here's my main question. Ready. Are you allowed to eat anything? You, it depends on what kind of detox you're doing. I mean, it's okay every once in a while, but you really, you really shouldn't for, to get like the whole effect. So. I got you. That's pretty cool though. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, so that's been my week. I mean, like the second day I did it, I was almost on the floor dying. So <laughs> now I feel better cause I'm kind of used to it. It's like culture um, so. shock for your body. No, definitely. It's a quick smack in the face. Nice. Um, bringing it back to episode one or two, whatever you want to consider. What did you, um, you, you had some exciting stuff happen to you, huh? Yeah, I am pretty exciting. Actually. I got a new microphone. What? It's called the blue snowball. And you know, for People that aren't really super good podcasters, I'd say this is pretty pretty good podcast, Mike. I think I think you sound good. Thanks, man. Yeah. So yeah, more and I think, beautiful than the first episode. And I did sound beautiful then. You did. But, <laughs> but, you but one did. thing's for sure: any microphone, in my opinion, is going to be better than the headphones that were just plugged into the computer. No, I agree. So I'm extremely excited. Um, looking forward to how this sounds compared to the other one, and uh, hopefully, it does sound better for everybody. No, you sound good. And you got a big white ball in front of your face while you're doing this. Appropriately named the, the snowball. snowball. So no, yeah, it's, <laughs> to be honest though, it's kind of intimidating. Like I see this big microphone in front of me and it seems more real now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But 
But yeah. um, it has nothing to do yeah. with the fact that we have over 200 subscribers, right? That's not no, real. no. To be honest no. with you, it's the microphone. Yeah, it's got to be because the, the subscribers yeah. are intangible right now. Well, yeah, but also like it's not just the microphone. The microphone has this like red dot on it that like signifies that it's on live and on the yeah. air. And I just yep. know that if I say something stupid, it knows that I said something stupid. Yep. Yeah. Well, mine doesn't. Mine doesn't have the because uh, I have <laughs> the blue Nessie, so mine doesn't have the. Um, the red light on the top. I actually like that. It might give me more anxiety, but I think I would appreciate that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So other than that, pretty much just worked all week. Uh, it's a pretty busy time for me um, at work, working a lot of hours. So really didn't get too, too much time to play the game, but um, you know, hopefully once it slows down, I'll well, you're almost done. keep on keeping on. Yeah. You're almost I, done. Tax season's yeah. almost over. Almost over. You know, it's funny because everybody just thinks that like, oh, the April 15th deadline it comes. But for me, I work in- no, you got um, like a month after that, don't you? Yeah, I work for insurance companies. So the date is extended a little further out into May. So it's a pretty busy time. Gotcha. Yeah. Pretty much half the year. No, it's, that's, uh, then, then maybe once you're done, we can get on like a, a pretty serious recording schedule. As of right now, we try and record over the weekend and release early in the week. But, uh, you know, we want to also have social lives. So- um, we'll get to that eventually, I think. I think so. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to, uh, go into, there, there wasn't like any serious news going on this week with, um, with the game, but, uh, you saw Supercell put out, um, uh, an April Fool's joke, right? For like a, an in-game update. <laughs> they released some, I'd say, balance changes mm. in, in a live blog post. And was it on April? Was it on April first? It was on. It was on the day they made it like it was. It was real. Um, they did their. They did their best to try and kind of do a wink, wink, and overemphasize certain words to kind of make it like it was a joke. But I think a lot of people thought it was serious. But um, it, it was a. It was an April Fool's joke, a good one, I might add. Um, and they, you did you, you read through this? I was certainly one of the people. They got me when when they released these notes. I didn't read the beginning part where it says, basically, we try to give you a lot of time before, and before releasing balance changes. That way you have time to adapt your decks. However, these changes were so pressing right. that we just so. had to push them live today. <laughs> okay, so I skipped that part the first time around. And I read through these. And as I was going through, I was like, no way. I am putting the mortar in my deck. And last week, I had no idea how to use the mortar, but I didn't care. If it shoots goblin barrels out, of course I'm going to use it. <laughs> of course I'm going to use it. <laughs> but then I got to the expo, and it was like, targets, targets everything. everything. And when, when I read that, I was like, well, I don't use the expo, so I don't care if it attacks myself. And then it says, expo too strong, with a K instead of a G. And I was like, yep, okay, this has to be a joke. No, this was good, though. I, I believed it for a little while, and then as soon as I got to like, the thing that made me lose it was when they talked about the mortar shooting goblin barrels. <laughs> when you first start reading it, it's almost like they started really subtle and they were like, oh, well, tombstone was changed to giant tombstone. Okay, cool. They made a, a little tweak there. Yeah. And then it's like spawns giant skeletons. And I'm like, no way did they make it so that a tombstone spawns those, those giant skeletons. Like, there's no way that it was going to make multiples of those. But it's kind of believable, right? Like, it's just a tombstone, and then it became like a giant tombstone. It, so it's I, like, it, I, get, I, get, I guess I get it. I gave them the benefit of the doubt that that was something that they would actually do. And then when I was like, wait, now the mortar is shooting goblin barrels. I'm, it, ugh. 
<laughs> yeah, I got, I'm not going to lie. I got scared at first. I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm no longer going to be where I am in this game. <laughs> I'm going to fall. <laughs> That's it. It's done. <laughs> um, and did you see that um, they had, I don't know if they're like, I don't know what you even call them. Like, I guess like live streamers that or or developers of the game i don't know if they're actually part of supercell or if it's just people that like supercell kind of work with for stuff like this to make a gameplay video they made gameplay videos of this stuff like quote unquote in action i did see it i clicked on a couple of them and i saw it and i was just like and that was part of the reason why i thought it was real because i'm reading these these things and then as soon as i go through it i go into i go into twitter and i look at you know they link their youtube videos and i'm just like oh this has to be a joke yeah, no, it was good, and it, they definitely got us. And uh, if anybody else was reading along with that stuff, uh, hope they got you too. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and then uh, we also uh, Clash Royale, the Twitter account, um, tweeted that there is now a new place for you to go to create and join um, new Clash Royale tournaments, which is kind of cool. Um, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the names in this are Spanish, so I can't really read a lot of them, but there are some that are in English, so it's, I guess you could just go on here and check it out. Um, the website is challenge with an O, so it's C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E dot com, and then you can go slash games slash clash dash royale slash tournaments hashtag. So yeah, there's that. And then Joe and I, Joe, we found, um, we found a really cool um, tool that we thought that we'd talk about on here real quick, right? The the deck builder? Yeah, you actually found this, and, and you linked it to me in a text message. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really, really cool. So what this is, is if you go to ClashRoyaleDeckBuilder.com, um, you can essentially put a card into, the, um, into their deck builder, and it'll give you a listing of all of the cards that are commonly used to counter it, but then all of the cards that are commonly used to complement it or use with it right? Um, in a percentage way. So you can kind of see very easily um, what people are using to counter something or what people are using to you know, work well with something else. Um, I think it also has win rates on there or how often people are using it in general. D- did you see that on there? I didn't really poke around too much because I was trying to do it on my phone when I found it. And this website clearly, it works on the phone, but I think it's mainly uh, designed to work really well with the computer because it's got like these pop-ups with no X buttons. Sure. So when you're trying to tap off of that box, it doesn't really work. It taps on something else. Um, But yeah, this this tool is actually really, really cool. You can create a deck. um, You can create an inventory, create a counter, suggest a deck, and then search decks that are already in the system. Um, I also thought that I saw a list of stuff that was on here from, um, I think they have a feed from TV Royale. Do they? Yeah. You could like, if you go, if you go up on the top, it's deck builder counters, card info, and then TV Royale. And you can see show recent matches. I don't, I don't think you can actually watch them. Um, but I think it shows you like the outcome of each game. Oh yeah. And then you could like tap on or, you know, click on each card. Um, and it brings you to the page for that card and the deck that it's being used in. Um, yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty cool. I really liked it. Um, I guess this would be a little bit more advanced. Yeah, I would say. And this is probably the equivalent of like Hearthstone net decking. Sure. You know, I mean, I don't know. There seems to be a little bit more involved here, but yeah, check that, check that tool out for sure. Especially if you're finding yourself, um, stuck 
and you notice that you're facing the same type of units and uh, strategies, it's probably a good idea. You can go in and say, um, you know, the giant skeleton is really giving me a hard time and just see what really counters that. Yeah, and I think I think that's the cool thing about this, right? Like, it, sure, it might be an advanced thing that people can use. And, you know, to be honest, you and I might not necessarily know how to use it to all of its abilities. But mm-hmm. I think the cool thing is, is if, you know, there's plenty of times where I'm just like, okay, I know that, you know, these two cards are the weakest links in my deck, but I don't know what card to put in to, to fix that. And, and currently my right. only out is to go to the clan and ask them for their suggestions and kind of say, Hey, what is your weakest link? What other cards do you have? You know, and I always give it a try, but at least this is another resource that you can use if, you, right. if you're just curious. No, I, I think that this is great. And don't anybody, I don't want, we don't want anybody to feel like doing stuff like this is cheating. Okay. This is an online game. You are able to go in and look up stuff. As long as you are not doing one of those stupid, um, gem or gold generators, you're playing fair and square. So yeah, I mean, look it up. Just think about it. Like knowledge is power, right? I mean, you're not doing anything that's wrong. You're just trying to figure out some more information. That way you can make the best deck that you can out of the cards you have. And the best decisions while you're actually playing. That's right. That's what makes it more fun. So we're not ashamed of it. And we're probably going to look through this stuff um, at the very least to try and figure out some good uh, counters for, especially if you know the counters that counter your card to figure out like what you're going to do to recounter. A lot of counters going on. Yep. So super quick um, before we get into the next thing um, is that if you have... Um, a different colored name within the game. Um, apparently there was some sort of exploit that, uh, made it so that you can change the color of your name, which was cool. Um, I personally didn't do it, but it was cool to see. Um, but Supercell is putting the kaput on that. So, uh, yep. On the next update, they are making it so that the colors are going to be removed from the usernames. And if you do have a color in your username, your username is going to appear as funky code. that doesn't resemble anything like a username. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But don't get concerned. Um, Supercell is giving you the ability to change your name for one time, um, which is a permanent change. So um, it'll show up as funky code, but you can change the name. And then I wouldn't recommend uh, exploiting it again because you wouldn't be able to change it back. Right. Um, so I think that that's all we wanted to say in terms of quote unquote news, right? Cause like I said, there wasn't really a lot going on this week in terms of the actual game, but that's fine because we've got our arena roundup. Yeah, we do. All right. Plenty so, to talk about. uh, this week we are actually going to go. So because there, there are 48 cards in this game, we're going to break it up probably into increments of six or 12. Um, so I think right now what we're going to do is we're just going to go over the training arena, right? Would you say? I think the training arena is probably the best. Yeah, I think um, it's got most of the cards that are in there a lot of people use or at least have had some exposure to. Um, yeah, the majority of the decks that we see specifically include a lot of cards from this arena. Agreed. So let's dive right in. There are no trophy requirements, right? So you can, as soon as you start going through the the tutorial of the game, this is where you start, correct? Yep, that's right. Yeah, you don't need any trophy count um, when you first start. I think. I could be wrong, but I think as soon as you start the game, before you even like give yourself a name, you um they give you they they bring you through like a training camp and they start giving you some of the cards, right? Yeah, and that's that's where you get those fifteen second chests that we talked about last week. Yep. Yeah, those those yeah. wonderful um misleading chests, the training chests. Yes, sir. Yes. Um. So 
let's see. Let's let's just go. Let's just list all the cards, um, sure. and then uh, we can go through each one. So we have the knight, um, the giant, bomber, the archers, musketeer, mini pekka, baby dragon, prince, witch, skeleton army, arrows, and fireball. And just to point out, these are just cards that become available, right? in this arena or when you get to this arena but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have all of these cards because you just might not have found them yet right this just means that when you're in this arena that when you start opening the normal you know minimum three hour chests that you're going to probably get these are the cards that you are entitled to get that's right all right so the first card that we have on our list is the knight which is a melee troop um that wields his sword um and has an amazing mustache a really, really cool mustache. He does have a serious mustache. Um, and I currently have him in my deck. Um, and he acts kind of sort of as my um, as my tank because I, I don't have uh, any other unit in my deck that has high hit points. So um, he kind of takes care of that for me and I kind of tuck other units behind him when I throw him out. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to use him. I think the knight has, like you mentioned, he has pretty decent hit points. Um, he also has pretty decent damage. He's he's like an overall well-balanced character. Um, but the cool thing about him is that he can eat up some damage. So if you throw him out with like high damage dealing units like the mm -hmm. Musketeer or um, the Archers or the Wizard or or any other card that you can just think of that does high amount of damage over time, um, he can he can really complement those pretty well. Right. And um, I think, honestly, the only, the only limitations that come to this particular card are the fact that it only hits one unit at a time, um, and that it's, uh, it's ground only, so it doesn't target any air units. Right. And, and like you said, it only does hit one unit at a time, so he doesn't really match up too well against higher health minions that have higher damage. Because like we said, he's like a mid-range character. Um, so like the mini P.E.K.K.A. or the big P.E.K.K.A. or even the skeleton giant, um, those are all going to overpower this card. Um, but also he gets pretty overwhelmed by swarms of lower hit points minions like the goblins or um, the skeletons and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, th I think that despite his um, obvious disadvantages, I think that his, uh, his pros outweigh the cons in this particular situation. That's why I keep them in my deck. Certainly a card to use if you have them, if you have enough of them and you can get them high, high enough level. Yeah, and I got mine, I think, at a uh, level six or seven. So he's pretty good right now. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll take you places, especially if you don't have another high level, like you said, tank that'll uh, soak up some damage while also posing some threat. Right. So to kind of sum this guy up, he's a mid-ranged unit that has mid-ranged health and mid-range damage. Um, he's complemented really well with units that deal a lot of damage over time, like the Musketeer. Um, but he doesn't quite match up so well against larger minions like the Skeleton, um, like the Skeleton Giant, or swarms of minions. He also doesn't attack air. But the coolest thing about this card, like you mentioned, Rob, he's got a really cool mustache. That stash. Cool. Yeah. Um, so the next guy that we have is the good old-fashioned Giant. The giant. Do you yeah. use the giant? Or because I, I used to use the giant, but I don't use him in my deck anymore. Do you use him? I'm in the same boat. And the only reason, again, why I don't is because of the elixir cost of the giant. What does he cost? Four or five? Five. Five. Ooh, yeah, he's five. 
So like for me, I would, I mean, I know that the giant does a lot more damage and has a lot more health, but, and you're paying for that when you throw out a five unit card, I mean a five elixir card. Yep. But I, I personally, I would rather have the knight or, it, or the Valkyrie. Sure. You know? So let's just dive into the giant itself. You want to give a little background on him? Yeah. Um, so he is a, like we said, a five elixir uh, card. And what he does is when he gets thrown down, um, he strictly targets buildings. He will not stop for any unit, right? So he doesn't attack air and he also doesn't attack any ground. So he can't really be distracted other than when you throw out another building. Sure. That's a really good point, I think. I think, you know, people always try and counter, or I say people, but I really mean myself. I always try and counter, <laughs> I always try and counter the giant with like, you know, just a bunch of small minions. The problem is that he just, he's a giant, right? He's too big and he just walks right through everything that I'm throwing down. And so, you know, for the longest time, I never had like a build, like another building in my deck. And then I started looking at what other people were doing against my hog rider. Hog rider! <laughs> and, and it distracted my hog rider. So I was like, you know what? I can, I can use that strategy against the giant, against the hog rider, against the balloon, um, to, to prevent them or to distract them from getting to my towers, which is what ultimately they want to get to. No, you're right. And I think, um, I, I mentioned this briefly, I think on the last episode, um, one of the best ways to kind of, uh, uh, distract the giant is like we were saying, you throw out a building, a good building for that would be the tombstone. Sure. Right? Because the tombstone, even though you know it's going to be distracted by the tombstone and it's eventually going to die because the giant does a lot of damage to buildings, once that building dies, it spawns four little skeletons. And that helps in destroying, you know, depending on the level that you have your tombstone at, you could have level six skeletons. Right. So the giant, if you throw the tombstone down in front of the giant and it distracts him, the giant's mm -hmm. obviously going to walk to it because it's a building. And right. he's essentially killing something that's going to help you kill it for faster. Right, exactly. Which and is pretty I, cool. If, if I'm, when I used to use my tombstone, when I would do that, I would try really hard not to put um, the tombstone next to uh, my tower at that point, because then he, the giant now, once it's killed, it doesn't need to travel too far to get to the, um, tower. the, the, the arena tower. So I try and put it not so close to the border of the middle of the map because you don't want other units to be able to attack it from across the field. So I just put it up a little bit, like either on the left or the right side of the tower, depending on where I am. Sure. So I guess one question that I have is last week they had a balance change for this guy, right? So they basically took the card and they said, we're going to give him a 5% damage increase. Did mm -hmm. you, did you, and, and the reason why we said that probably happened is because, well, you know, we didn't think that they wanted the giant to just be, uh, a damage soaking machine, but also right. can be a threat. Do you right. find that this, that that, um, do you find that that balance change? Like, does the five percent make that? a big difference? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like now when I have a, like it used to be where I, when a giant was coming out, don't get me wrong, they were definitely a threat, right? But as soon as the giant would come out, previously before the update, I would be like. All right, I could kind of have some time. Like this, this guy's gonna once he gets to like the middle of the field, I'll be all right. Like I, I'll just drop my barbarians or whatever I have. When I see this guy get thrown out, I'm much more focused on what I'm going to do planning wise for when he gets across the middle of the field to take him out. So luckily, I have um, uh, the regular horde in my or the regular minions in my deck. Yep. So 
air units takes care of that guy, at least while I'm doing something on the other side of the map. I kind of feel like I didn't feel that way about it. Like, I feel that the 5% damage I thought was going to make it more of a threat. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, I look at that, I look at this card and I say, okay, mine right now is level four and Mm -hmm. he's got just over 2,600 health and he does about 170 damage. So, you know, 5% might seem like helpful, but he, he attacks every 1.5 seconds. So he's not attacking very quickly. And he's not lasting on the battlefield any longer. So I thought that this would make him more of a threat, but I find that it doesn't really, it doesn't, I don't, I don't find him any more scary than I did last week before the balance change came in. Now that you're saying all of this, um, I, I just, not that I'm going to change my position on what I think. I, I, I think you have a good, you're making a good observation there. I think maybe the 5% increase is to handle the distraction buildings. Oh, because they have much less health. Yeah. So maybe the 5% was to try and combat the fact that the giant is distracted easily. So they made it so that the giant can now take out those buildings a little bit quicker sure. and give the, you know, the opposing person, or if you're using it, your units a little bit more of a, a boost. That's a really good point. So I guess, do you want to go through how you use the card or, you know, what strategies, what strategies you've seen used with the giant that have kind of worked really well? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think I used to use this one strategy the same way that I use my um, my knight, and I see it used a lot, is you throw him down in, like, the corner of the maps. Like, kind of back? Get, yeah, I always throw... So, personally, this is, like, a tip from me, and I don't necessarily know if this is the right way to do it, but I have seen other people do this, and I do try to do it while I'm playing. If I have a tanky type of unit, I pull them towards one of the back left or right corners, and what that does is now they land on the field... And it gives them the opportunity to start walking, and they have a good ways to go before I have to throw out another unit, A, and B, it gives me a lot of time to build up more elixir to throw out what I would normally do, uh, you know, a ranged unit like my musketeer, and put her behind that. Or now, because I use my wizard, the wizard behind him as well. But again, I don't really use the giant, but when I used it, that's what I would do. Um, I also noticed that in in brute force situations, when the giant comes out, if someone has that, what's that thing that, that you got in your deck, the, the elixir pumper thingy? Yeah, the elixir yeah. pump. It gives you an extra elixir every time. I mean, you can't go over 10, but it gives you an, an extra elixir after a certain amount of time, so you can kind of get two elixir at the same time, which is nice. Uh, when, when that happens, someone is going to be able to get elixir quicker than I am. So they'll throw out the giant, then they'll throw out a musketeer, then they'll throw out horde, and I'm like whoa, I only have like enough to throw out a prince and one other thing. Like there's no <laughs> way I'm going to combat that. So I re- that's where I roll my eyes and I'm like, all right, cry face. <laughs> yeah, so I guess ultimately what we're trying to say is that I think in, to sum him up, strategies that are being used that we see work pretty well are that he still effectively is a card that soaks up a lot of damage right. and he can be used to defend against smaller troops. Um, you know, and even though he got a 5% damage increase, because of his slow attack speed, he doesn't really impact the crown towers, in my opinion, that much better. But he is a little bit less distracted from other buildings because he can kill them faster. Right. I think, I think that's, that pretty much sums it up for this guy. Um, so then we also have the bomber, the trusty old bomber. The bomber's tricky. He's... I like this card. Me too. I'm not going to lie. I used to use it a lot. I don't currently use it because it doesn't really fit in with my current build in my deck, but I do like this card. And one of the things that I want to make sure that we mention for people that don't know certain gaming terms, 
this guy's area of effect damage is serious. Yeah, if 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 you throw this card down and there is a swarm of enemies around you that are ground because he only attacks ground, right? right. So it doesn't matter what the swarm is. It can be all of the barbarians or it can be you know the witch coupled with the musketeer as long Mm -hmm. as there's a group of minions in front of it if it can throw a couple of bombs it is annihilating all of it yep and especially once you get that guy to a higher level he does an immense amount of damage what what current level is your um bomber mine is level three my bomber is level seven so you have a really high bomber what damn how much damage does he do Area damage is 176. 176. So that, that's obviously huge. But I think the, one of the limitations that this card has is that it attacks every 1.9 seconds. So the hit speed on this is extremely slow. Right. But if it hits more than once or more than twice or, you know, if, if it starts getting up there, it is completely wiping out anything in its path. Correct. Why, that's why, I personally, I think that this is a card that you should tuck behind a knight or a giant. That's a really good point, actually, because if somebody throws down, if I throw down a giant mm-hmm. and or a prince, pe- how do people usually counter that? Like we just said, they either throw a building down or they try and put a lot of minions in front of it, right? right? It's going to kill all of the little minions that are trying to distract or kill the giant. Right. So No, that's right. That's exactly it. Um, and then I think... You already mentioned its biggest limitation, right, with the flying units? Yeah, it can, obviously can't hit them, but um, also it's the, the slow attack speed, I think, is also a pretty big limitation. Right. I think the biggest plus to this guy, obviously, we were talking about area of effect. So that means that it does damage to multiple units at the same time, correct? Yeah. This, um, this unit, the bomber, is probably best for, I mean, we said the skeletons. Um, this guy is great for um, any and all goblins. And this, this guy is also very, very good for barbarians, right? Because they have, um, I mean, they have higher hit points, um, but they're in groups and they usually don't split up. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. But I also think it's good to point out the fact that it's only good against the barbarians if it has time to throw its bombs at it. So for no, example, right. if, the, if the bomber is, is um, if it crosses into your half of the map right. and you drop the barbarians on him, He attacks so slow, he's only going to be able to get one bomb off before all the barbarians kill him. He'll be dead before that. Exactly. And I think he'll be dead before the second one. Exactly. So he'll only get one off. And so I think the other thing that counters him pretty well is something like the knight or the Valkyrie or the prince. Something 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 that's one singular unit that has a ton of hit points. And can kill him pretty simply because I think, I mean, yours is much higher than mine. So, um, but my bomber's hit points is only uh is only 181 so he he will die in about two hits to almost any of the you know singular melee units right my guy's hit points are 264 so even though it'll take him like a couple swings if you throw a knight in front of him to take care of him um but it'll still you know two or three hits he's dead but the thing is is that even though yours has that much hit points and yours might take two hits to get killed but Every other unit's attack speed is quicker than two seconds. So right. as soon as I drop my unit, it's going to attack once. And then within your two-second window that the bomber has, it's going to attack again and hopefully kill it. Right. So if you had to, let's, uh, let's go on to the next guy. Have you had to uh, sum the bomber up? I'd say he's really, really, really good against swarms of minions that he can sit in front of and haul bombs at. But 
His weaknesses are that he cannot attack air, obviously. And if you drop units on him, he gets obviously overwhelmed because his attack speed is so low and he can get killed pretty quickly. Right. Um, so the next one that we have is the, uh, the archers. The archers. We kind of talked about this a little bit last week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We can go into, I think, I didn't think we just kind of like scratched the surface on them last time. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, the, the archers are one of the units that last week got a, uh, a buff, uh, as part of the balance change. They, mm-hmm. they were tweaked a little bit so that they were a little bit more effective, I'd say. Yeah. Um, their, uh, their initial attack happens a little bit quicker similar to the spear goblins correct and yeah. you know they, they when when you play this card you get two archers um that have kind of low health i would say and low damage um but the good thing is that one they're ranged two they attack uh both air and ground yep and they're pretty low cost i think they're three elixir right they are three correct so the cool thing about these guys is that they're they're really good at supporting troops that have large amounts of hit points right because those can soak up some damage and the archers have pretty good damage although it's only medium if they can be behind something that has a lot of health and can soak up the damage the damage that they deal can really stack up right so cards that we mentioned previously with higher hit points obviously would be the giant the knight um other, another one would be the giant skeleton yeah. Um, and then, I mean, if we ever get there, the, uh, well, you just got this guy, right? The, uh, the Royal Giant. The Royal Giant, I did get Yeah, him. nice. So, um. He's got a big beard. He does, 20% bigger beard. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't use these guys anymore. I made a, I made a couple changes to my deck, um, with these gals anymore. But, um, they are extremely versatile. Um, I think the only thing that bothers me the most about them, which I think is why I removed them from my deck, is that they are slow moving. Are they really? Yeah, they're kind of slow when they walk. Yeah, I haven't used them in a while. Like, I, I still haven't put them back in my deck since we spoke about it last week. Yeah. But in the, in the tooltip, it says that their speed is medium. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from. I think, you know, I find them most effective... Like I just mentioned before, when they're behind a, a larger unit, mm-hmm. but I also find them pretty effective against a couple of smaller units. So like any of the goblins, whether they're the spear goblins or the normal goblins, um, or any of the skeletons that might come out of the um, skeleton army or the right. witch, um, I just find that they have enough damage that they can easily kill those small minions within one hit or two hits, and because there's two of them. If they both attack at the same time, it's effectively a one-hit KO. Right. I find that arrows take these guys out pretty often, too. Yeah. I, I don't know if my arrows, my, my arrows aren't a high enough level to actually kill them in full. Yours are, mm-hmm. I think, one level higher than mine. Yeah, but mine, mine get seven. them to about like 10% less health. So, yeah, I guess, I guess if, if uh, yours are one level higher, then you're probably killing them. At the, at the very least, your arrows can do a good amount of damage to them by the time they get to your end of the field that the arena towers can take care of it with one hit each. each. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think it's a good thing to point out, though, Rob, that the arrows, depending on the level, will not automatically kill them. So if you're banking on throwing arrows out at them, just be sure that it's going to kill them. Otherwise, you're, 
effectively wasting three elixir and now you have to wait a little while for it to build. Right, right. And I think, you know what, because mid game, you might not necessarily be thinking of this. I mean, and not everybody is going to have the newest hardware, but if you do have a 6S or a 6S plus while you're playing, um, we, we mentioned that this game uses 3d touch, right? So while you're playing the cards that you have, um, on your deck rack on the bottom, you can actually force touch on those and it'll pop up the amount of damage it'll do. Sure. To show you. So if you're like unsure, especially if you're trying to go for a kill on a tower, you'll know exactly how much you have to kill it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. I think that pretty much does it for the archers. To sum these guys up, they are medium uh, speed units that are extremely effective if you couple them with larger hit pointed units. Um, so like giants, knights, uh, giant skeletons. However, they don't necessarily have really high hit points, um, so they can easily be taken out by uh, possibly one good set of arrows um, or, uh, you know... A well-placed Valkyrie. Yeah, a well-placed Valkyrie or, um, uh, you know, like a swarm of goblins. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so the next gal that we have on this list is the Musketeer. I love the Musketeer. The most used card in the game, I would say. I think... Uh, I, I feel just, like That's it's, just opinion. I don't know if that's a fact. I yeah I don't know I think the in my opinion I feel like the prince is used pretty often um but the musketeer is a really really versatile card I think it's got enough hit points to call it not tanky but meaty and then it's got enough damage to be like a really nice damage over time type character mm -hmm. where if it's left on the field it can it can really 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 make um uh, a push for for the win so. The Musketeer is a four elixir card that deals damage to both air and ground, and right. it's a ranged unit. Um, it can be used in a similar way that you'd find yourself maybe using the archers or um, other ranged units to back up like cards with high hit points like the giant. Um, effectively, because the Musketeer does so much damage if it's left alone, you want it to be behind something that will soak up damage. Now, you don't need a big unit to soak up damage. You can have a lot of small units to soak up damage. So, for example, I use this card coupled with either the Barbarians or the Hog Rider. Because when people see the Hog Rider, they're going to drop something to try and kill. The, they're going to react to the Hog Rider first. So because right. they're going to do that, I get a little bit more time with my Musketeer on the battlefield. So, and you know, it's funny because you don't need a lot of time to do a lot of damage every second matters i find so if you can yeah. buy yourself one or two extra seconds so that your it musketeer can hit one or two more times i mean you're taking the tower down by another 10 percent or 20 percent yeah it makes a huge difference you're right it's like um you're slowly uh, picking away at the health of the towers because that's really that, by by end game you want to have had as much damage done to those towers so you can just make a quick kill at the end. That's right, and I mm -hmm. think it's good to point out that the musketeer's range is pretty long. It's six point five tiles, so it can take the crown tower out from pretty far back. It can also hang out on your half of the battlefield and across the. I guess it's the river or whatever, the middle portion of the arena, whatever arena you're in is a little mm -hmm. bit different. But you can effectively put him or her behind that halfway point and still hit some of the, you know, buildings like the cannon or the mortar or the inferno tower that people love to put on, you know, right up against the, the edge of the battlefield, kind of like you mentioned earlier. 
So I think um, I was just checking. I think that uh, for for those because we mentioned last week about like the tile amount on the game. I think that the uh, your one side of the board is around fourteen or fifteen tiles. Gotcha. So, so the whole board is about thirty. Right. So it's effectively a fifth of the board. Right. Yeah. So that that's a pretty big deal considering that the the expo does half the board. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, do you use the musketeer? Cause I have her in my deck and I she use, is beast. I do use her. I find that I, I, and I'm very against taking her out. Like whenever I'm thinking about a new, um, card to put into my deck or a new card to back out or my weakest link or whatever. She's not even in that. No, nope. so you don't, you don't consider her at all. Not at all. And, yeah, me neither. Me neither. And, and in fact, I find myself trying to build a deck around her. Yep, right? so I, like, I know that she's going to be one of the things that's going to be my damage units. I also know that she's going to be one of the things that's attacking air for me. Um, so she's, she's pretty high up there in my equation. Um, so I don't anticipate stop, like, stopping using her anytime soon. Right. So, um, I mean, what the, I think one of the biggest downfalls of this unit um, would be uh, swarm-type units. So the uh, skeleton army would easily take this, this unit out. Um, a swarm of goblins would also easily take this unit out. Um, and I mean, I use the musketeer and I also use the barbarians, but the barbarians, if you just drop them right on top of her, they just literally all, if she's in the middle of them, they just land, turn around and one hit kill her. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. So I guess aside from a swarm of units that she can only attack one at a time, any unit that you can just drop on top of her is going to destroy her because right. she does have anything that surrounds her. Right. Because she has a small amount of hit points. So she's not low hit points, but she's kind of at that medium tier where it's about, you know, 500 or so. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then um, one of the, one of the really nice things is she's because she does such high damage, she should be used uh, to take out other buildings, not necessarily just the towers. Um, she's very good at destroying the barbarian building. Um, or whatever it's called, Barbarian Hut, the Goblin Hut, uh, the Tombstone. Um, one of the things that is very cool is that she actually outranges the cannon. So if you throw her down, she'll be able to take a cannon out before the cannon can take her out. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the, uh, what's the quick roundup of this one? We like her, right? I think, <laughs> in I think summation, we like her a lot. We like her a lot. Yeah. No, so she's a ranged unit. She does a lot of damage. She's got... Lower health, I'd say, but she's she she's around the medium mark for me. Um, she doesn't die one hit to pretty much anything. Um, she is pretty much used really well with large hit points units like the giant, the Pekka, uh, things like that. And you really want to focus on utilizing her damage for as long as you possibly can. So protect her with a bunch of small minions that might distract or soak up damage um, that the other guy's throwing down. The next card that we have on our list is the Mini Pekka. Mini Pekka. Do you still use this card? I remember you, you said you love this card. I, do, I still love this card. I no longer use this card, though. Ah, how come? Uh, mainly because I was trying to get the average cost of my deck for Elixir amount down. Sure. Um, this guy costs four, so it's not a lot. But, I mean, when you're trying to really hone in on the cards that you need to pick you have to make a cut somewhere and i felt like pekka was 
You know, I, I, he wasn't really super tanky, although he took a good amount of damage, but I mean, I felt that air could kill him fairly easily, so I took him out. Sure, and I think, you know, you mentioned before that you don't have the Elixir Collector, so right. because of that, I guess every Elixir, you know, counts, I guess is a good way to put it. That's going to be our slogan, every Elixir matters. Every Elixir matters. <laughs> nice. So, what would you say this card is really good for, and, um, and then maybe if you want to go into the cons of it, because I have not used it in a deck. Sure. Um, this guy is, he's actually pretty quick to get across the field. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is he needs to be protected. Um, and if he's not, you better be sure that the other player doesn't have that much elixir to throw down other units to get him. Um, but when he gets to a tower, he will take that thing out very, very, very fast. Yeah, I agree, Rob. I think he's the type of card that if you leave him alone, because he does so much damage, he might not have the most health, but he's, he's, he's pretty meaty character, I'd say. But if you leave him alone, he will absolutely annihilate your tower. Yep. So I'd say the key for this guy is distract him while you can, throw out some small minions like the skeletons or the goblins or the archers to just get him away from your tower. Right. Um, and that way your archer tower or your uh, arena tower can really just deal the damage while it's on your side of the battlefield. Right. And if you're using him in an offensive way, you really want to make sure that you have at least one other unit with him. Um, if you play with the skeleton uh, army, it wouldn't be a bad idea to throw the skeleton army out around him so that he is protected on all sides. And then when he just plows through to that tower, he takes it out. Completely agree. Yep. So to sum this guy up real quick, um, he has a high amount of hit points. He is a very fast unit. He does a tremendous amount of damage when he gets to a tower. Um, if left alone, he can probably take out a tower all on his own. Um, if you are using him as an, as on your side of the team, um, you want to make sure that he, he's at least protected or you have another unit that distracts whatever's coming at him. Um, and then if you're going against him, you want to make sure that you swarm him and air units are very good at taking this guy out. Uh, yeah, the, and that's pretty much it overwhelm him while you can all right so the next card up is the baby dragon baby dragon <laughs> i love the baby dragon <laughs> i know you do and i'm still really jealous that you even have this card. i know you i got it pretty early for a month and i don't have it i got it pretty early on actually i think it was one of my like first 15 cards i still don't have it yeah yeah but you know it's funny i've been using this card for a while now but to be honest i just took it out of my deck because a guy mm -hmm. in our clan um, told me that it really wasn't too good to have in the deck until at least level three. So I swapped it out for uh, a change, but uh, still trying to figure out what works best. Yeah, and I, honestly, it definitely makes, I mean, I guess it's cool that you got rid of it, um, but it definitely gives you a bigger advantage when you have it in the beginning of the game. Sure. So let's go into the card. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a, I guess it's one of the, it is the tankiest flying unit in the game. Um, I think at level two, the card has 880 health and it does 110 area damage. And the cool yeah, thing about this card, yeah. And the cool thing about this card is that you can put it down on either side of the map. Um, you know, whether there's units that you need to kill or whether there's mm -hmm. no units there and you just want to throw something out there. Um, mm -hmm. And what I like the best about it is that you can throw it down on either side of the map. And if there are units that are coming its way, it takes a long time for them to kill it, and it usually distracts them for a pretty long amount of time. Plus, because it has area of effect damage, it usually takes care of a lot of things. Even if it doesn't kill them, it gets most things down to a low enough health 
That way you're either one, Arena Tower can kill it, or two, you can throw down some smaller minions to just get rid of everything else. No, that's true. And I find myself, um, like, there really aren't that many good, I would say, really good counters to this because, like you said, it's the tankiest uh, air unit with a lot of hit points. So what I try and do is when I go against a baby dragon, um, I have my musketeer in my deck, and I also have a wizard and my minions. Um, so I essentially try and just make some sort of combination out of those three. Um, the one thing that I do always, uh, try and make sure that I do is I'll try and throw down another set of units prior to, uh, my musketeer or my wizard so that the baby dragon doesn't actually start hitting it first, or I'll just let my tower absorb some of the, the, uh, the damage that it's dealing. So that way, when I throw one of those two units, it's not taking the damage from the baby dragon. Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to put it. I think a really good way to counter this card is to throw down something that is really small, um, that is not like a pack of units. So when I think of it, I think something like the tombstone. Um, you mm. use that card and I think really a building now here's why so I think the best approach is to throw down like if you could the best counter to this card would be to throw down a lot of little guys one at a mm -hmm. time that way it doesn't kill all of them at once and in my mind that's right. the tombstone because the tombstone is throwing out these little skeletons that die to one hit anyway so it's essentially wasting its time attacking these little guys one at a time and not making any progress towards your tower but because it's attacking them, you can throw down your musketeer and your musketeer is then going to be, you know, dealing the damage that it needs to deal to kill it. No, right. It's a good point. Um, and then I guess the last little tip that I um, that comes to mind is the because uh, we talked about the giant before. The giant is actually extremely good at distracting this unit. Yeah, because he's got so much HP um, and mm -hmm. the baby dragon is most effective against swarms of smaller minions as opposed to larger, higher health minions. Right. Um, so in summary, how would you, uh, wrap this guy up? Yeah. So I would say that the, um, I would say that the baby dragon is really good against swarms of minions like the minion horde or the goblins, the archers, barbarians, um, and things of that nature. But I would say that its weakness is that it can get easily distracted by singular multiple units, um, one at a time, and it gets distracted by large units if it's attacking them while they're living. I like that. Um, so then the next card that we have on the list is the my favorite, uh, the Prince. So what do you like most about this card? I just, I love the fact that it's one of the few cards that actually has like a super special ability. When he gets a charge going, because when you first throw him out, um, he has a normal speed. And then after a couple seconds, he eventually goes into charge. Yep. And then once he goes into charge, he'll have uh, two times the amount of damage that he'll deal. And the nice thing is that this isn't a one-time only type of thing. So if he starts charging again after he um, hits a unit or whatever, he'll do it again if he has the ability to get the charge again. Yeah, so I guess from an offensive perspective, the best thing to do with this card is make sure that when you drop him, he has enough time to build up that charge. Um, you want to try to avoid dropping the prince down right in front of a unit because then it, mm -hmm. it's effectively not using its charge ability. Right, um, it totally defeats the purpose. Exactly. And the charge damage is huge. Double damage might just seem like double damage, but it takes out pretty much every single unit other than the giant, maybe the mini P.E.K.K.A., the big P.E.K.K.A. Um, there's a handful of units that it doesn't kill with that. You're right. So, um, And I also think that it's 
Uh, worth pointing out, a really good strategy for this card, uh, it could be played one of two ways. One, you can play it extremely early, so as soon as you get enough mana to throw this guy out, throw him out on one side of the board and just let him go. Um, try and throw him as close to the center of the board, like uh, the actual river or the middle barrier as possible, so he just has a straight shot. Um, and then when you have another unit available, throw it down on the opposite side in the other lane. So it kind of throws the, the opponent off. Um, and then the other way you could play it is you can really focus on, or at least, you know, make it look like you're focusing on one lane the whole time. And then you can kind of, you kind of calibrate how many minions, uh, your opponent is throwing out. And when you notice that he's thrown out a lot of stuff, especially like a big unit, like, you know, the regular P.E.K.K.A. or the skeleton or the giant or things like that, or barbarians, even you just throw a prince in the other lane and let him go. Agreed. I think. I think a good way to look at this card is if there are minions on the field in front of it, you want to start the charge closer by your tower. That way it has enough time to build the charge up. If right. the lane is free, drop that thing in the center as close to the opponent's tower as you possibly can. That way they have less time to react to it. I agree. I think I find an easy way to counter this card is to have something like the witch um, in front of it, um, which we'll get to in a little bit later. Um, you can also throw out things like the barbarians or the goblins or the little skeletons. Anything that will distract the, the prince so that it wastes its charge, if it is in charge mode, um, on a small one-hit unit that really doesn't matter. Um, you'd right. rather, or the, the little batch of skeletons, too. Right. I mean, you'd rather, it, you'd rather it hit a minion, like a small minion, like a skeleton, than your giant then or hit your the, tower. Or the, and hit the tower. Right. So... Um, the key with this thing is make him waste the, the charge and then also try not to let him get a charge again. Right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, to sum this card up, it is a very, very powerful card, especially once it gets into its charge territory. Um, it does two times the amount of damage it would normally do when it hits either a unit or a tower. Um, and it's a it's a card that you should probably throw out in the early stages of the game or when you have your opponent distracted on one side of the field, throwing him out, the prince out on the opposite side of the field. Um, and then also he is easily countered by uh, large swarms of enemies. So the skeleton army for a perfect example. Agreed. So the next card that we have is another card that you have actually the and you mentioned her before the witch the witch i actually used to use this card a lot um i just swapped her out trying to like i said before trying to try new things and see if i can get to a higher trophy count um mm -hmm. she is my only level one so i tried to swap her out with something that was a little bit higher but the cool thing about this i think we've mentioned a couple times is that the witch generates um or she raises skeletons, three skeletons from the floor every three or so seconds. And that continuously happens. So, which is the only unit that can do that. Correct. She's the only card that generates other car, other minions from her abilities. And the nice thing about it is that the little skeletons usually die to everything in one hit, but they just mm -hmm. distract everything. So if you yeah, drop distraction. her in the back of your battlefield, by the time she gets halfway across the arena, she's already generated six skeletons that are in front of her mm -hmm. that are distracting units so correct you know ultimately if you drop her all the way in the back you're building up elixir while she's walking across the map and then when building she gets, up an army yeah and then when she gets to the center mark you can drop two more units on top of that two more cards on top of that and essentially you just mm -hmm. have a swarm of units that are just overwhelming your opponent 
Um, now, the bad thing is that the units that she generates, like I said, die to one hit to pretty much everything. But if she can stay on the board, she does a lot of damage because she just attacks so fast. Yeah, she's a quick attacker. And she attacks air and ground. That's right, which is huge. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, I- oh, and by the way, her attack is area damage. So it splashes, um, and she has no problem taking out things like the skeleton army or... You know, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So if you, she will destroy the skeleton army because everything around it will die in one hit. Plus they'll also be, the skeleton army will also be distracted by her little skeleton army. Exactly. So she just overall counters that card. That's a very cool card. I wish I had her as well. Interestingly enough, she counters the big P.E.K.K.A. really well because the big P.E.K.K.A. attacks so slow that by the time he's done killing the three skeletons, Mm -hmm. she's generated more skeletons. So It's just like a perpetual distraction to that big card. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, so then uh, pros and cons of the witch, I guess. Pros are that she does area splash damage, attacks really fast, and generates um, or raises other units. Um, The downside is that she's got pretty low hit points. Um, If you don't have time to allow her to generate units, like if you have to drop her in front of something Mm -hmm. to distract them, Mm -hmm. she becomes pretty useless because she's got low hit points um and she's not really effective against things that have high hit points because she can't kill them on her own no that's true all right so uh the next card that we have is the skeleton army and uh this is a card that do you still currently use this card i took it out of my deck um but i did use it for quite a while i think i think i really like this card but the problem is that it's just too weak um it's just Ultimately, it's really good to distract things, but it doesn't do what you need it to do to get further in the game. Um, well, that, I guess that really depends on what you're trying, like what your, what your goal would be to keep it in the deck, right? Like it's extremely effective against slow moving units, especially bigger ones like the Giant or P.E.K.K.A. Yeah, I think the only problem that I have with this card is that because every single one of the skeletons dies to a one hit, no matter what. Um, it's just not reliable enough. It gets taken out by the arrows in one shot. It gets taken out by, um, you know, the Valkyrie in almost one shot. It gets taken really out. Really anything with splash damage or AOE damage. Yeah, like I mentioned before, the Witch, the Fireball, the Wizard. Um, mm-hmm. Even the Minion Horde takes this out The Baby quickly. Dragon. The Baby Dragon takes care of this card really well. So I just find that it was really good for a, a long time for me. And I really used it more as like a distraction card, like you mentioned, for big units like the Prince, the P.E.K.K.A., um, the Hog Rider. I tried, Hog Rider! tried to kill it with that. Um, but, you know, it, for, for me personally, it just wasn't reliable enough and didn't stay on the battlefield long enough. So I, uh, I just removed it. But, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to put it back. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that this card is uh, definitely the weaker of almost all the cards that we're talking about today. Um, and uh in summary really there's not too much to be said other than that it gives you 20 skeletons um and it really should just be used as a distraction card not really as an offensive card couldn't agree more um so the next card that we got is the arrows and we both use the arrows right you still use them still use them yours are better than mine though i'm sorry it's okay i think mine are one level better yeah but one level better makes a big difference i feel well, one level better kills archers. That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. Like I, when I see archers get thrown down, I'm like, I don't really have a good answer for these until they cross the map. Right. 
My only answer for them is the Valkyrie, and I have to wait for them to get close to me. All right, so we got the... The arrows are a very, very useful um, spell. It is currently the only spell that I have in my deck. Um, and it's, it's, it is amazing for removing small minion hordes off the board. So all your, um, the flying minions, um, any and all um, goblins you can take care of with these. Um, depending on the level, you can also get rid of those archers. They do a good amount of damage if you need to try and begin clearing a musketeer or a wizard or one of those other, um, meteor, um, ground units. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think for me, what I try and do is once I see the opponent's deck and how they're, you know, what cards they're playing, I just try and focus on one or two um cards that they have that I would use the arrows on and I don't use the arrows unless those cards are thrown out. Um, right. Like for example, like you mentioned the great card would be the minion horde. A lot of people use it and if it gets thrown down and you don't have a good answer for it, uh they can really take out a tower or a big unit that you have pretty quickly. So I try and just pick one unit that they have after they throw it out and then I focus and wait for that card to get thrown out before I use it. No, I, I honestly, we have the exact same strategy with this. And then also, and I hope you agree, um, this is definitely something that what you, let's say in a situation where you get a tower down to like the last less than a hundred hit points, you use these guys to take out that tower because that could be the last saver that you have for the game. You know, absolutely. I think that that's the best way to put it. If you have less, if you have a very small amount of hit points left over on the tower or the opponent's tower, just use these to kill it and um but just be careful because if you use those to kill a tower you're not going to have it to to clear a big like minion horde or skeleton army or um bunch of goblins so just keep that in mind right so if you're going to use it be like absolutely sure that it's going to do what you need it to do a great time to use it for that purpose would be in overtime because as soon as you kill the tower you it's over it's done you don't have to worry about repercussions of not having it again Yep, completely agree. All right, so the last and final card that we have for uh, the training arena is the Fireball. Fireball! So That kind of reminds me of that Pitbull song. Fireball. fireball. <laughs> you don't use the Fireball, right? No, I don't use the Fireball. I, um, you used it for quite a while, didn't you? Didn't you use the Fireball and the arrows together? I did, and like I said, I no longer have two spells, so I removed the fireball from my deck because it was, um, I was trying, again, I was trying really hard to get my average elixir lower. So this being a four elixir card, I was able to, f I was trying to find a another card that was at, at the most two. So essentially you were looking for the spell card, because you had two spell cards, you had the arrows and the fireball, right? Mm -hmm. So you were looking for the area of effect damage spell card that was cheaper, that way you could um, reduce like the average cost of your, your elixir deck. Right. And I used to use that, like my main thing for me was I was, I, I used to use um, the fireball against uh, barbarians because when this thing hits barbarians, it takes all four of them and just splits them up into like four corners. And then it gives your tower the ability to take out each one of them in like one arrow hit each. Yeah, before they even get back to your tower. Yep, so it's a really, really good way to deflate that offensive maneuver for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, for, for me, this card is, it's decent. Um, I don't think that it has huge 
um, use rates um, once you get past like level three or four um, as like a player level, only because the there's other cards in the game that are just that deal more damage or are more effective in my opinion. Um, however, I have seen this card used really, really well. It does a lot of damage, not only to um, units but also to towers. So um, if if for some reason you can't make it to their tower um, and they can't necessarily get enough damage on your tower to kill it, they can use this over and over and over again to really get your hit points low on your arena towers. Right. And I also think that this is a, a really good card for trying to take out um, the uh, opposing players' um, building cards. I agree. So, uh, yeah, that's the cool. fireball. Would you, you, would you recommend using the fireball if you're at like the beginning stages of the game? I would absolutely recommend it. I think that if you use the fireball early on in your, um, in your, uh, Clash Royale career, Mm -hmm. um, that you will, you will, I don't know what the best way to say it is, but you will have a distinct advantage over other people that are not using it. So it's just such, such a powerful card early in the game that if you're not using it, um, you're at a disadvantage. Right. Um, so that's all we have for the uh, first part of our arena roundup. Um, you wanna, training camp. Yeah, training camp. You want to uh, get into some, I guess, some feedback before we uh, wrap it up? Yeah, cool. So we um, actually just got our first email. And I say just got, but it was actually last week. Um, but it was after we recorded the episode. So we just wanted to include it in this episode. So. We got our first email, um, and it says, Great podcast. Hey guys, I'm Manny from Florida. Just wanted to start by saying, awesome job on the podcast. I've been listening to podcasts for a while, and you guys sounded like seasoned podcasters. I'm looking forward to tuning in next week. As for Clash Royale, I'm currently at 1,700 trophies and play on a regular basis. I also have a friend who is about the same level-wise. We are currently looking for a more active clan, and we were wondering if you guys would like to take us in. Keep up the great work. Sent from his iPhone. That's amazing. Cool story about Manny is that him and his friends joined Cast Royale Clan. Yes, they did. So shout out to Captain Traff and, um, and his friends. We, uh, we love having you in the clan. You, um, you offer extremely helpful advice to a lot of players in the clan. Um, and it just creates a positive attitude. So... Thank you very much for that, and thank you for your email. We, we really enjoy having you guys in the clan. Yeah, definitely, and uh, keep those emails coming. Um, uh, anytime we get something that's like that, uh, we will almost certainly read it uh, in the podcast. It gets us really excited. We get really happy when we see emails come through because we don't get them that often. Oh, we're like texting each other back and forth. Yo, we just got an email. Yo, yeah, we just got an email. Yo, check out the email. You can't even <laughs> believe what it says. Check it out. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so thank you so much, Manny, for that email. Um, and everybody else, keep them coming. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, last week we talked a little bit about iTunes reviews. Um, uh, we got a lot of five-star reviews, and we are extremely excited about it. One that I, uh, in particular, wanted to bring up um, was one that was written from Vestidius, who is one of the hosts from Legend of the Innkeeper. Um, and he says, A great start to a great podcast. Hey, this is Vastidious from Legend of the Innkeeper podcast, and I have to say that you guys are off to a fantastic start. I'm super excited to see how the show progresses and will be sure to listen frequently. I'm a super casual player, 
and I'm still trying to figure out what works best, you guys are already helping me tweak my game for maximum effect. Specifically, you praised the baby dragon and I had not used it in my own decks because I didn't think that I had it. I looked again and lo and behold, I did. So it's now in my deck and it's incredibly useful. Thanks for the tips and I look forward to many more shows. That was an awesome review. Vestidius, thank you so much for, for your positive feedback. We really appreciate it, um, especially coming from you. I think Rob and I made it pretty clear on the podcast so far that we really, really respect what you guys do. Um, so the fact that you took time to one, review us, and two, left such, such kind words, um, it really means a lot to us. Um, as Rob mentioned previously, five-star reviews are what allow us to reach more people. Um, so thank you for that. Every little bit helps. Um, and then uh, we also wanted to thank you guys for um, bringing us up on your show and uh, allowing us to kind of spread the word and to help us do that. Um, we sincerely appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to take us out. Um, that's all we have. Uh, be sure to join our clan again in the game. It is called Cast Royale. Um, it is invite only. Um, when you send us the invite, please try and incorporate the word podcast in the invitation so we know you came from here. Uh, we are trying really hard to keep the spots reserved open for our uh, podcast listeners because there are only 50 seats. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. And if you have any feedback for us, questions, comments, things you like, dislike about the game, or anything at all you'd like us to cover, just email us at castroyale.com at iCloud.com. Awesome. Be sure to uh, check us out next week when we go into uh, part two of the Arena Roundup. Arena Roundup. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.